Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Labour leaders and trade unions. It's long been a fraught relationship, but over the past week, it seems to have hit a particularly low ebb for Keir Starmer. Unite's Len McCluskey has announced a 10% cut in funding for the Labour Party, Unite are Labour's biggest donors. Len McCluskey, or Red Len as he's known in the tabloids, is the old school trade unionist manning the picket line at the centre of this drama. You cannot win an election without us. How much does the modern Labour Party rely on the unions? And how much do the relationships at the top shape the left wing in British politics? You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, Labour. Unite or divide? Len has two chessboards that decorate his office. Gabriel Pogrand is the Sunday Times Whitehall correspondent. He's a tactician and a consummate political animal. At the end of last week, Gabriel was touring the office whilst interviewing Len McCluskey, the General Secretary of the trade union Unite. Which is uh, the largest affiliate to the Labour Party, one of the biggest trade unions in the country. As soon as Gabriel had left Len's office, he gave us a call. And he was also brandishing uh, a mug of tea with a red fist emerging from the sea and the words, the Republic of Liverpool. Um, so I thought that was, that was Len McCloskey all over. Len McCloskey has been a man who has, in his own way, defined Labour's history over the last decade. We're trying to establish now what this man, who has been a steadfast supporter of left-wing causes, is going to mean for the next chapter in Labour's story. Last week, Unite's executive committee made headlines after they chose to withdraw almost a million pounds of funding from Labour, a substantial blow. So uh, Unite has consistently been the biggest donor to the Labour Party. It was on uh, Tuesday that, that Unite withdrew the automatic subscription fees of 50,000 members, which in everyday terms means a cut of around 10% of Unite's funding to Labour. Was it meant to be a message to Keir 
Well, if it was, it would be a subtle message. That's the voice of Len McCluskey talking to Gabriel. Um, people might not think it's as, uh, as subtle as I do. It's not going to financially damage the Labour Party. But yes, it was probably a subtle message. A subtle message? Or a shot across the bows? It's precipitated a bit of a crisis and a defining moment for Keir Starmer and his relationship with the unions. I think the real question is, is Starmer actually quietly quite happy about it? You know, we know that a cornerstone of Keir Starmer's leadership has just been taking every opportunity to demonstrate that he's not Jeremy Corbyn. And a cornerstone of Jeremy Corbyn's leadership was the presence financially and politically of Len McCluskey and Unite. We increased our affiliation by 50,000 when Jeremy Corbyn was the leader. It was during a time that he was being attacked from all sides, including your paper. We wanted to send out a message that we were supporting. And so it's that 50,000 that I'm now taking back to distribute to those organisations that are promoting and supporting our members' policies and our vision. One of the biggest sources of tension within the left right now is something called the Spy Cops Bill. According to its critics, including Unite, the bill will allow undercover agents to commit sexual assault, torture and murder with complete impunity. Keir Starmer has so far abstained on the question of this legislation and is suggesting that he can kind of constructively amend it later on. Despite this... 20 Labour MPs defied his instruction to abstain and voted against the bill. Uh, I think the left had this policy of wanting to constructively engage with Keir Starmer but oppose him on key points of principle, and this is definitely one of them. It takes us to the heart of the problem on both sides, really, doesn't it? I mean, um, Unite want to show that they're angry. They don't like the direction of travel of the party, but they do need the party if they want legislation that they back to be pushed in Parliament. Well, it's, it's, that's a brilliantly, uh, that, that, that's very well expressed encapsulation of, uh, of the situation faced by the left. Uh, you know, Len McCluskey said to me during our conversation that the idea of founding a new left-wing party is a fantasy. I don't think there's any credibility in the idea of a new party. I think that's just fanciful. He's effectively saying that we might not like the direction of the current leadership, but then we have to frustrate it and change it and shape it from within rather than without. He doesn't want to take a sledgehammer to his leadership. He's not saying we're going to withdraw all of our money. He doesn't want to give what he would regard as Blairites or right-wingers in the Labour Party the opportunity to whisper in Keir's ear, saying, well, you know, look what Len said to the Sunday Times or look what Len said earlier this week. He himself is going to withdraw funding from you, so you know, why bother trying to placate the left or why bother having a relationship with him? He was flexing his muscles, he was reminding Keir Starmer that the left is there, but he's not going to get into maximalist threats of kind of unilaterally walking away either. Len McCluskey has been a powerful figure pulling strings on the political scene for years. But who is he when the cameras are off? There's definitely, as is always the case, a discrepancy between the caricature and the reality, because he is uh, 
pilloried and, and, and portrayed in a lot of the media is Red Len as this radical, hard as nails, trade union agitator. I mean, he's certainly, you know, deeply committed to and, and, and still emotional about his socialism. I don't think you would argue that the, uh, the tabloids have got it wrong, that he is a deeply left-wing socialist figure. Nevertheless, um, despite the kind of portrayal of a um, highly ideological man, he also, as a leader of a massive trade union, needs to be able to sit down and break bread with figures who don't agree with him politically. And, and his ability to do that, I think, would surprise a lot of people. I understand that he's a kind of complex and interesting character, and he has played kingmaker over the last 10 years in the Labour Party. Len McCluskey has certainly made his presence felt. Here's one memorable example of how he shaped Labour's recent history. One of the defining moments uh, on, in the history of the left, probably in the history of our country in its own way, if we think about the laws of, law of unintended consequences, was uh, a by-election in Falkirk in 2013. Now, this is where Eric Joyce, the then Labour MP for the seat, was forced to resign after he became embroiled in a brawl. Members will be aware of uh, the events in the Strangers Bar on the 22nd of February, during which the standard of my conduct fell egregiously below what is required of a member of this House, or indeed anyone, anywhere. Punched a number of Conservative and also Labour MPs. I have today tendered my resignation as a member of the Labour Party to my party leader. He was later convicted of assault. When that happened, it triggered this succession battle for the seat, which effectively became a kind of internal contest with Unite backing one candidate um, by the name of Carrie Murphy and moderates backing others. And Carrie Murphy was accused of vote rigging, of which she was later exonerated, and of trying to fix the contest. She herself kind of close friends with Len McCloskey. At the time, Ed Miliband was the Labour leader, and like others before him, he was keen to distance himself from the trade unions. He hated being caricatured as this son of a Marxist and terrible left-winger. And so, in one of the big kind of breaches between Labour and the unions in recent years, he reported Carrie Murphy to the Scottish police. He suspended her from the party and suspended the selection contest for the next Labour parliamentary candidate. And also, he went further. He said that what had happened in Falkirk was an example of the bloated influence of trade unions in the Labour movement full stop. I just want to be very clear about this. I'm not going to have abuse of membership procedures and parliamentary selections in my party. And I want to be clear about that to the leadership of Unite the Union in particular. He changed Labour's constitution, its way uh, of electing leaders. What he did was he, he, he took power away from trade unions and gave it to members. He opened up the Labour selectorate, said that anybody could join for three pounds they wish to participate in voting for the next Labour leader. And the rest is history. And uh, to be explicit about it, it was the reforms that resulted from this big confrontation that, that led to Corbyn's victory in 2015, who, in the end, McCloskey backed expensively and, and, and pretty relentlessly. But that sense that Ed Miliband needed to distance himself from the all-powerful McCloskey and that, you know, that Labour politics had become dominated by Unite and by trade unions is, is a really fascinating thing. And it was McCloskey who, around that time, started saying, well, Ed, if you're going to disempower us, we, we may take our money and our business and our members elsewhere. But the fact that Unite was ever contemplating saying to these people and its own members, let's create something new, 
shows the low ebb that relations were at under Miliband. But then that was all redeemed because Corbyn came into politics with a mandate to re-establish the link with trade unions. He had regular meetings with Ed McCloskey. And I think there's no doubt that Starmer will be further away from him politically, but he's clearly concluded in the long decade of his leadership politics that there's no virtue in, in trying to run away from Labour, however much its incumbent leader's politics may or may not be to his tastes. It was always my view that if you belong to any organisation, the local darts club or the bowls club or what have you, and you don't think that they have your values or speak on your behalf, the two options you have is you either leave it or you try to change it. It does feel like a lot seems to rest on Len McCluskey's relationship with the leader of Labour at any given moment. Have we seen that change? So I, I was trying to actually just understand on an interpersonal level what his level of proximity to Keir is. He said to me that he'd spoken to Keir for a couple of hours the day before he was crowned leader of the Labour Party. I've probably spoken to him 10 times, 12 times since he was elected. Had you spoken to here this week after you pull, pulled the plug on 50,000 members automatic subscriptions. I haven't spoken to him this week or since the decision was taken yeah. but I'm sure he understands the either subtle messages on the one hand but also if his team read our press statements he will understand this is about moving resources elsewhere. I think he even said he kind of felt like he knew Ed Miliband and certainly Jeremy Corbyn better than he does know Keir. He said he, he likes Keir. My conversations uh, with Keir are always very good. I've always liked Keir. He, he's a very decent man. And I'm sure he takes on board what I say to him. He's not so sure about a number of the people that populate his office, but I think he's kind of semi-friends, semi-colleagues with Keir Starmer. He was much, much closer with Jeremy Corbyn. He's a different person from Jeremy. He will do things differently. He will have his way of doing things. He will have his priorities and he's got every right to do it because he he won very strongly on mm. that. And just as I criticise people who attacked Corbyn right from the word go and never gave him a chance, it would be wrong for me or the left, in my opinion, not to give here a chance to to develop his vision this is not an agenda about flying pickets or second reaction or the clothes shop leave the past to the past but it is an agenda that if carried through will radically improve the lives of britain's hard-working and hard-pressed families work with us to get these changes And what was Len McCluskey's role during New Labour years? I mean, how did he view that as a, as a moment when Labour was in power? I think that McCluskey's big critique of New Labour, and by the way, he was a senior official in the TGWU during that period. That was the predecessor union to unite the Transport and General Workers Union. His kind of core critique of New Labour was that they did some decent things. He said that again to me. They did some imp you know, important things in the country in terms of investing in the NHS and public services, but they never uh, went where he and other trade union leaders wanted them to go, which was repealing the anti-union legislation um, of Margaret Thatcher. Well, I think the unions are obviously one body where a fanatical 
tiny fanatical minority can and seem to be able to take over a whole union and then say that they represent the whole union. I think domestically there was deep disappointment from the trade unions that they also preserved a large part of her legacy which was to make it more difficult for trade unions to strike and make it more difficult for them to take collective action against employers. Do you think he admires Keir Starmer as a leader? So one thing he said to me which I thought was interesting was that um, he didn't agree with a lot of the left. There's this great feeling on the left that you know Keir Starmer is now, as Boris Johnson brands him, Captain Hindsight. He only criticises government policy when it's failed. He's not positively setting out what his vision for the world or the country is. And that's very disappointing because they feel like the Corbyn years for all their for all their failings were a period of kind of intellectual imagination and dynamism on the left. Alain said, well, I, I completely agree with Keir that there's no point in setting out loads of policies. I think it gives the media, which is uh, predominantly right-wing, an opportunity to uh, pick it to death. And why would you want that when you're, whatever it is, three and a half years away, you know, four years away from an election? I think he does have a sense that the Corbyn years were arguably years in which people put principle first all the time and pragmatism w was, was not a particularly close second. I've always been guided by, by what I call principle pragmatism, which effectively means that you have core principles. But of course, you've got to be sufficiently flexible in order to deal with a given situation. And all that I'm hoping Keir will do is say, look, you know, don't worry, I do believe in a, a progressive way of putting forward alternatives, because I think that's desperately needed. You know, it is my belief, and I think students of political history in many years to come will look back at the Corbyn moment as something of a watershed in British politics. Because I think Corbyn changed British politics, in my opinion, forever. And I think he's probably changed the Labour Party forever, in my opinion. The three candidates who ran for leadership or ran on a, a radical platform. You might say a Corbyn platform, but certainly a, a Corbynish socialist platform, which I think speaks volumes. I think he understands that the party had to change direction to some degree after Corbyn. And he, he's, he's effectively saying, I think he is a decent guy. I think his strategy has been spot on so far in the round, with the exception of our disagreements on, on, on those bits of legislation that we discussed. And, you know, while I'm anxious about some of the people around him, I, I want him to win. I want him to be our next Prime Minister. I believe, as we sit here, that uh, Keir Starmer will be the next Prime Minister. And then corrected himself because he didn't want to discount the idea that Boris Johnson might resign and be succeeded by Rishi Sunak or another Tory at some point over the next few years. But he says that come the next election, he thinks that Keir Starmer will win. He speaks a lot about unity of the party. When he was first elected, in fact, the day before he was elected, I said to him, look here, you're going to be in a very fortunate position because there will be a desperate wish within the party to give you support, contrary to what happened to Jeremy Corbyn, who, of course, was treated despicably by the Parliamentary Labour Party, or most of them, and by 
the right wing of the party, he talked a lot about balance. And therefore, my only kind of advice, if you can call it that, was he needs to keep that balance. And hence the message or the, the what I brought to his attention the other day was uh, there was a concern that that balance was becoming slightly out of kilter. So he, he is playing this awkward game at the moment of trying to both influence uh, Starmer's leadership, but also he, he's firm in his support for it. Do you think he would have been disappointed then, just as a tactic, that Keir Starmer didn't pick up the phone and f- talk to him about the, the cutting the finances? I gather that they did speak last week. Anybody who is as much of a loser as me and spends their time considering left Kremlinology will know that this executive meeting has been Gabriel, coming up. we're so pleased you do on behalf of the rest of us. It's a lifelong struggle. But, but, <laughs> but, but, but basically, you know, it's, this meeting has been on the agenda for a while. I gather they spoke last week. I, I met up with Kia, was it last week or the week before, in order to have a discussion with them about um, where we were, in a sense, I suppose, to to say deliver a message would be too heavy, but to bring to his attention, that's a better way of putting it. I think it was a kind of cordial and polite exchange of views. The nervousness amongst the left to perceive that there's an attempt to push them to one side. Now, Kia indicated to me that that's not the case. But, I th- you know, it, it kind of comes back to this point that I think his time was ultimately happy with anything that cosmetically, uh, aesthetically looks like him distancing himself from the left and indeed asked about the decision to withdraw that money, Keir Starmer's spokesperson this week said, uh, I'm quoting now, Len has taken his decision, United has taken its decision, it is for others to speculate and analyse that decision. Um, and his spokesperson then said, the whole Labour Party needs to take responsibility for the fact that we have lost four elections in a row. And I, I think that what they're trying to say is, we're, we're not going to claim that we're devastated and we're not going to turn around and say that we'd love the money back. We'll have more on Len McCluskey and the tensions between Labour and Unite in just a moment. But if you're interested in the goings-on in Westminster, you can always access all of our political coverage with a subscription to The Times and The Sunday Times. Subscribe today and get one month free at thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. So we can sort of see there Len McCluskey's dilemma. You know, he he is trying to stay within Labour, shape it, doesn't necessarily have the loudest voice anymore. From Labour's perspective, I mean, it's equally complex, isn't it? How do they deal with Len McCluskey and the unions? I mean, talk us through a bit of a history of the Labour Party and and the unions and Unite. So Labour was itself founded as uh, the Labour representation committee. So it was um, basically a kind of coming together of trade unionists whose goal was to take advantage of the expanded franchise and the ability of working class people to vote by putting trade union back candidates into parliament. And the person who founded the Labour Party, Keir Hardy, was a Scottish trade unionist from a working class background. I think he actually, I think from the age of seven or ten was 
was down the mines. And it was an attempt to represent people down the mines, in factories, uh, you know, ordinary working class people. And, you know, many people would say that that is still, still Labour's core mission. I mean, Len McCloskey said to me earlier, the Labour Party's job is to represent working people. Its representatives don't need to be working class. He said that one of his own great heroes, Tony Benn, from an aristocratic background, uh, was anything but working class, but he was on the side of working people. Whenever Unite or the Labour Party can get people who are both from the working class and representative of it, well, then even better. But the core mission of Labour, he said, and I think this is a thread which runs through its history, is trying to be the voice of working class people in, in Westminster, in Parliament, in, in the corridors of power. And uh, over the course of the last century, you, you know, the trade unions have played a vital role in that, although a large part of what Tony Blair did, and, and, and it remains to be seen whether Starmer follows his precisely the same strategy as he, he distanced himself from those unions, um, that, you know, there's always this kind of philosophical and political question. You know, Labour is, it's descends from trade unions, it's funded by trade unions, it's designed to represent um, the interests of working people, but how close to them does it want to be? That's a question it's wrestled with historically. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. He cannot win an election without us. And so... I desperately want him to be uh, Prime Minister. I think our, gov- our country, our nations desperately need a Labour government. And so he needs to work on making certain that there isn't an imbalance as he moves forward. This week could prove to be a defining moment for Keir Starmer and the future of Labour's relationship with the trade unions. So I think it is important to... Note that Unite is now almost the last pillar of Corbynism, but other trade unions do not share Len McCloskey's perspective on all issues by any means. But no, I mean, Keir Starmer, uh, you know, has recently been trying to fundraise from uh, millionaires and wealthy business people who left the party under Tony Blair. He has reinvigorated the so-called Rose Network, which is a kind of 
club of Labour's top donors. He's offered invite-only strategy updates to anybody who commits to pay £5,000 uh, a year to the party, which I, I, I thought was, not to sound snobbish, but a relatively modest fee for a personalised strategy update from the party. I mean, he, he's certainly he's trying to make up for the shortfall in funds that he expects um, to, from the trade unions. He wants to show that the Labour will be both a party of working class and working people, but also business. The core strategy of Starmer is he doesn't want to put meat on the bone policy-wise. Ask him what he wants the country to look like. He'll almost reject that essay question and say, I'm the leader of the opposition. I'm just going to scrutinise what the government does. I'm going to remind Labour members, and in particular the British public, that I'm not Jeremy Corbyn. And by being sensible, competent, pragmatic, and having a, a left-wing heart uh, and soul, we may win back power eventually. And it's interesting, isn't it, that if, if Keir Starmer is now looking to replace the money lost from Unite with money from rich donors. Has Len McCluskey sort of made a bit of a foible there? Well, that's why he's so keen to say that he's not withdrawing from the tent. He'd rather be kind of a noisy and occasionally irritating neighbour than move out of the neighbourhood. I don't mind people disagreeing with me. I mean, in my union, 1.2, 1.3 million members, the idea that everybody in my union agrees with everything I said, of course, that's daft. They don't, but I would hope that they would always believe that I was on their side, that I was fighting for them. I would hope that they would say, I don't agree with them on that. And I think he took the wrong decision here, but he's on our side, right. he's fighting for us. And that's all we want from our political leaders. Len McCluskey's time as the leader of Unite comes to an end in 2022. And the battle to succeed him and to shape the soul of the union for the next generation is already heating up. It's a fascinating time for the trade union movement. You've got a large portion of Unite's membership voting Tory. You've got the Tory party under Rishi Sunak adopting an incredibly expansive definition of the state and what it can do. You've got Boris Johnson saying he's going to move parts of the Treasury and whole government departments to the north in an effort to say that they will never forget the forgotten again, that they are desperate to redefine the party around areas and communities which are traditionally considered to be Labour's. And then you've got Unite, who uh, have to kind of navigate a way through this and who could either adopt a kind of conflictual stance towards the government and Keir Starmer's leadership or, or do something different. And by 2022, we'll have an answer. I mean, there was this time in 2017 where Corbyn had denied Theresa May her coveted parliamentary majority where it looked like the left had changed politics forever, had shattered the economic consensus, had completely cannibalised the right of the Labour Party and had won, won the battle for the soul of the Labour Party for, for a generation or more. And now his mere existence, his presence, full stop in the discussion, is under threat. And Unite is one of the main bodies which is there to ensure that the left doesn't lose its seat at the table. As far as Len is concerned, the future of the Labour movement looks bright. These young people are fantastic. The energy, the spirit, the thoughts, the ideas, the talent. Oh, it's fabulous to watch them. Those of us that have been around a bit longer and have suffered defeats many times, we have to lift the spirit because a lot of these younger elements of, of our movement won't have experienced defeat. And as I said, the taste of defeat can be very bitter. And we have to say, you know, suck it up and spit it out. You're, 
The reason you joined the Labour Party was because you had a vision of a better world, a better Britain, fairer, more just. That still is there, that should drive you. And this idea of the left being dead, well, you know, the reports of our death are greatly exaggerated. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times with me, Manveen Rana, and my guest, the Sunday Times Whitehall correspondent, Gabriel Pogrand. You can read more of Gabriel's work and more of our political coverage with a subscription to The Times and The Sunday Times. If you subscribe today, you can get one month free at thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. The producer today was Leona Hamid. The executive producer is Poppy Damon. Sound design was by Falcon Kisseltuk, music by Breakmaster Cylinder and Ketzer. If you can, please do leave us a review. It'll help others to find the podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast or on the Times Radio app, along with all the other podcasts from the Times. To download the app, search for Times Radio in the App Store. See you tomorrow. Subscribe today and get one month free at thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.